<laughs> okay. Well, three, two, one. It's your boys. Praise the Lord, everybody. What's up, everyone? My name is Trey Cornwell. My name is John Calvin Chance. And this is the Steadfast Devotion Podcast, where we discuss on ministry, awkward stories, of how do we become devoted to God. Amen. We trust and believe that the Lord is doing great things where yeah. you're at. God is doing great things here in Wichita. Oh, my. Today, this week, Bro. we've been having a very special week of Bible college. I'm just going to say my mind's been melted. <laughs> like I don't, I've, I've, I've really just represented it as the guy in Indiana Jones who's got to the Ark of the Covenant and his whole brain melted. That's been, that's been my week. But you why? Think, wh- you why? think you yeah. know something until Bible college comes, dude? And then all of a sudden it says it. You know, it's crazy. Your mind is just blown. Absolutely. Today we have a couple of very special guests Very first special. of all we have the author of the search for truth podcast yes reverend <laughs> Dusty Young. Awesome. he and is a pastor on staff here at yes. first pentecostal church of wichita also shout out uh fit for the kingdom which is his uh dietary look my, into the my weight loss journey yes you're yes, doing sir. that yeah i yeah. have two podcasts no two kidding podcasts. yeah, yeah. This man's double duty. Tune in. I'll have to tune in and check that out. <laughs> Fit for the kingdom. Yes, yes. sir. Uh, but Brother Young, he is a Bible study teacher here in First Pentecostal Church of Wichita. He yes. is also a traveling evangelist, yeah, uh, minister. <laughs> he is uh, one of my favorite preachers. He is a mentor to both me, both John Calvin and I. And uh, we appreciate everything that Brother Young has done for us. Brother Young, how about you say something for us? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Word up. <laughs> that was awesome. That's powerful, right? <laughs> you know, whenever that whenever was uh, that was whenever you're silent, even fools are counted as wise. So yeah. Amen. Wow. I'll let brevity be my friend today. Amen. Amen. And next to him oh is uh, somebody that is brand new to the Steadfast Devotion podcast, yes. by the way, of Canada. Um, oh, we have Canada. John Calvin, how about you announce the uh, special guest for today's podcast? Our new Co-host. Yes, co-host. <laughs> co-host. <laughs> Surprise! No, um, is the one and only Reverend Raymond Woodward. Brother Woodward, welcome to the Steadfast yes. Devotion. The podcast. premier Bible teacher of the UPCI. Amen. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I am really glad to be here. With you guys. <laughs> but Brother Woodward, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule yes, to sit down with a couple of guys that just we really just want to pick your brain today. Yes, if you don't mind. Awesome. We want to look at just the beginning of ministry. Um, we, of course, we've all viewed you from from the distance. Yeah. On uh, CCC's YouTube. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone is very familiar with. Uh, oh, very yeah. true. With with what's going on over there. Oh yes. Um, and so, without further yeah. ado, we're gonna get started. We're gonna jump right into cool. it. For we sure. want to um, give you perfect liberty. Yes. Um, and all the time in the world, I know you've got a, some stuff this afternoon, but. Yeah. John Calvin, how about you start us off? Yeah, so um, uh, to many of us that's been on the podcast, we've done an episode similar to this with Bishop Cornwell on the life of ministry and him how to be a soul winner. And um, today we want to just start off 
uh, this, uh, your journey in ministry. And uh, the first thing we want to ask was uh, your roots. So mm -hmm. the moment that God knew you before you were in your mother's womb, you know, um, what was the, um, a l just give us a little background of who you are. Sure. Some things that maybe people don't know, you know, some people that do know, just share. Everybody that knows me knows I love coffee. So uh, <laughs> yes, that's something that most people would know. Mm -hmm. um, my journey in the apostolic faith began long before I was ever born. Um, in December of 1920, my great uncle Leonard Parent received the baptism of the Holy Ghost wow. at a little <laughs> tiny revival in a little country church uh, the place probably has Bear Island, New Brunswick. It probably has um, maybe 300 people even today. Wow. It's not a town. It's not a village. It's a long, lonely road with a bunch of farms. And that's where he grew up. Um, at that revival, there was a little short preacher named Edgar Grant. He was preaching about the Holy Ghost. Mm. This is 1920. Um it's just a couple decades past the modern day outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the oh, restoration yeah. wow. of the apostolic faith. Um, so he got the Holy Ghost. Um, it was a really great experience for him, changed his life. But Edgar Grant, who was preaching that revival, didn't know anything about Jesus' name baptism. Um, two months after great uncle Leonard received the Holy Ghost he was studying his Bible at the farmhouse kitchen table and he saw it in the, the Word of God he wow. saw that everybody in the scripture had been baptized not the way he'd been baptized but in the name of the Lord Jesus so he went out this is New Brunswick it's February it's winter he went out in the snow went to the head of a little stream on the farmhouse property and he put one hand under the water and he lifted the other hand to heaven and he said, God, would you take this as my baptism until you send somebody mm. to baptize me in Jesus name? Mm -hmm. Two months later in April of 1921, a great Bible teacher uh, from your country, uh, John H. Deering from Caldwell, Idaho. Mm. He had been preaching up in the uh, Northeast, up in, the, in New England. He felt led to go across the border into New Brunswick, Canada and he didn't go to one of our cities. He went to this little lonely place uh, that's just a long road with farms and he just started knocking doors. Mm. And uh, he knocked on the door of a family whose last name was Majors. And when he told them why he was there, they said to John Deering, uh, you're not looking for us. You're looking for Leonard Parent mm. because he's been talking about this for the last <laughs> two months. And that's how the great Bible teacher, John H. Deering came to baptize my great uncle Leonard in the name of Jesus. Wow. So it's like God hand delivered apostolic truth to our family a hundred and two years ago almost. So um, yeah. it's precious to me. Yeah. Uh, there's a long story there with great uncle Leonard. He went to Michigan, started a church. That church is still existing and it's a large church. Uh, it's gone through multiple generations of leadership now. Um, but the story as it relates to me is that every fall uncle Leonard would come back home to visit his sister who was my grandmother my dad's mom and her family none of them were interested in what her brother had gotten into this Pentecostal faith but my dad was 
And so great uncle Leonard, he affectionately called my dad the nephew. Oh. And they would sit at that big farmhouse mm -hmm. kitchen table and he would open his Bible and taught my dad the word of God. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when my mom and dad got married, actually today that we're recording uh, is their anniversary. Wow. Dad's been gone for uh, nearly a couple of years now, but uh, my mom's still living. She's in good health. Um, today would be their anniversary when they got married on August 19th, 1961. Um, they were basically new converts in the apostolic faith Man. and great uncle Leonard had taught my dad in his teenage years, the scripture. And so that's what brought them in. So I was raised by a couple of people for, to whom the, the apostolic faith was a very precious thing. Yeah. And so that formed my early years, uh, being raised in church, um, and just knowing really nothing but, um, Pentecost all my life so yeah. I'm very blessed in that way wow. wow that's a that's a heritage yeah, it really is it is I, yeah. I I feel like this urgency from the spirit to to take what you've just said elder and encourage if anybody is out there listening that you feel as if God is calling you to a small town mm -hmm. or yes. a rural yeah. area wow. Yes. To obey the voice of God, do not chase after the glory that you perceive may be in a big city, oh, but follow the hand of God because without someone that was willing to go to what sounds to me like not even a town, a, a still isn't unincorporated yeah. territory or whatever they call that, but yet the hand of mm -hmm. God led him there so that our movement, so that modern. the, the yeah. modern church that God is trying to steer would have a voice like yours yeah. present in our movement because we know how badly we need a voice like yours. And yes. a voice like yours was produced out of a man of God that was not chasing glory. He was just chasing obedience. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't help but begin to think yeah. about how many, how many um, great men of God will come out of the rural town revivals if we will just be willing to chase obedience rather than chase after glory. Wow. That's very good. Amen. You know, that same revival, uh, a guy named Milford Stairs received the Holy Ghost. His wife later, uh, Marguerite, she was the first pastor of CCC. Wow. They were precious <laughs> elders in our church. Also out of that revival came uh, Wynn T. Stairs received mm. the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He was the first global missions director yeah. for the United Pentecostal <laughs> Church International. My Lord. Um, so yeah, that was that was just an amazing thing. Uh, Great Uncle Leonard, when he was you know newly converted, uh, he was in the cellar. And when I say cellar, that's what I mean. The old farmhouse, it's still standing. And he was down in a potato cellar getting some potatoes for his mm. mother. Mm -hmm. And he saw a vision of a globe all burned away except for the state of Michigan and the country of Chile. And that's where his ministry ended up taking him years later. Uh, he wow. raised up a great church in Michigan, but also he loved missions and he would travel. South America was his favorite spot and Chile. Uh, there's a, a massive work there today. Mm -hmm. Tens of thousands of people 
and a lot of it traces its roots back to his ministry there. So, you know, it's just uh, like you said, Brother Dusty, out of um, a, a small nondescript place to this day, there wouldn't be 300 people there yeah. in that whole area. It's just a long, lonely road with farms. Wow. And uh, so that's amazing. Man. So if you don't mind me, um, not necessarily jumping around, but asking about that moment you felt the call of God, Yeah. Um, especially in New Brunswick, uh, particularly to the church that, that you pastored uh -huh. community. What was that? What was that moment like when you felt the Lord impressing Raymond Woodward to become a pastor, to become a voice of the apostolic movement? Um, what was that moment like when, when you had that uh, moment with God? Um, hmm. Well, for me, um, I, I love those stories that people tell when they have the moment for me it may be that i'm a slow learner <laughs> i had several moments that kind of all combined uh sometimes i kind of chuckle about it because it feels like god conspired against me uh, <laughs> and it wasn't that i was unwilling it was that you know i never really set out to do this tray uh right. not at all um my father was uh, a teacher all of his life he was a high school principal, uh, the largest English-speaking high school in the British Commonwealth is in Fredericton, New Brunswick. It was. Now they've split it, and it's two high schools. But back when he was there, he had a staff of like 150-some teachers. And, uh, you know, my, my grad class was 3,000 graduates. I can't remember how many thousand people were in the school at the time. Uh, so so it's, a, it's a big school. Uh, so um, anyway... Uh, I'm sorry, 3,000 students, 800 and some graduates. Uh, so I had like 3,000 people to go to school with in this. Fredericton's like a little town, 60,000 people. Really? But the school draws from the region. So Dad was well known at his funeral a couple of years ago. We were on our feet for five straight hours. We didn't even get a break. Just, just hundreds of people coming through and saying how his life had impacted them. So my background is teaching. He was my high school principal which was kind of weird, but anyway. Um, trying to get you know, slide through some of the rules. Trying to me, well, you know what? I was a good kid, and thank God I was, yeah. uh, because it would have been awkward if I, if I hadn't been. Uh, and he wouldn't have hesitated, I can tell you. Um, but my, my sister, um, who's younger than me, she's got her education degree, still teaches at that school. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, and my daughter has her education degree, and she was headed that direction and just felt to... Um, she's an, uh, an, an at-home mom and she's homeschooling her kids mm -hmm. um, so she but she's fully degreed she could teach in any public school in Canada um, uh, my sister's a department head and I was headed that way I wanted to be a teacher not because it was expected or because it was forced on me there was no expectation my mom and dad would have been happy with anything as long as I was serving God um, but I just love teaching and I was the geek in, in school. Uh, you know, my seventh grade homeroom teacher, Mrs. Urquhart, uh, she, she fell in love with me, basically. She would let me teach uh, her <laughs> class sometimes. Oh, wow. And everybody else, you can imagine how that went over. I was just yeah. the geek. But I was so excited about teaching. Wow. Um, wow. And so that kind of carried me through. So I was headed for university. Uh, I had scholarships. 
to do an education degree at University of New Brunswick, which is right in Fredericton. And I got right up against the wire. Like it was so late in September that they couldn't award my scholarships oh. to anybody else that year. It had already gone by and whatever. And I just, the Lord's just put on me, you know, go to Bible college, which there's a Bible college in our town. Uh, it's, it's a good school, small school, but they put out a lot of missionaries over the years. Um, good school. But back then, like the dorms, uh, we affectionately called them the swamp. Uh, <laughs> like it just wasn't a great place to be. Yeah. And when I thought about going to University of New Brunswick and following my dream to be a teacher, and then I thought about Bible school, that was a really hard decision. But the Lord wouldn't let me loose of that. I almost battled with depression that mm. summer because I was really struggling with that decision. Mm. So uh, long story short, I still remember the the conversation. I I journal now every day. I, I journal, but I didn't back then. I wish I'd have journaled when I was a young guy because it's so neat to be able to look back. I started journaling when uh, two months before my son Matthew was born. He was our second child and we were getting ready to welcome him into the world and i was thinking back his, emily his sister is three years older than him and i was trying to think back on her first few weeks and i discovered that only like two and a half years later i couldn't remember some things and i thought this is insane i'm young and i can't remember that so i started journaling i journal every day i wish i'd had a journal so i can't remember the day i can't remember all the details but i remember the conversation i had with the lord and I just literally said, and I wasn't in a good mood, um, okay, I'll give up yeah. teaching for you, for, for, for the kingdom, for ministry, whatever. So ironic. I will give up that. teaching. And fast forward like 20 some years later, I was in a hotel room. And I, again, uh, I could go look it up probably because I was journaling by then. Um, but I can't remember the date right off the top of my head. I was in Singapore or Australia, somewhere over in the Pacific, and uh, the Lord, he doesn't speak to me with audible voices. That would scare me. Uh, <laughs> but he, he, you know, he talks to me with these strong impressions, right. yeah. uh, and I can't shake him. And, and, and li literally he said, um, so you gave up teaching for me, did you? And I was there. I'd been teaching, right. you know, and I've had the privileged guys of teaching in like Australia, Singapore, China. Uh, Philippines, yeah. uh, like goodness, Guatemala and uh, Nicaragua world. and all over the place, you yeah. know, all through Europe and down through Africa. And, and just it's been so exciting to be able to do that. But that's what God does. He gives you if you'll give your dream to him, yes. if you'll give wow. your goals to yes. him, if you'll give yeah. your future to him. He'll give it back to you like a thousand fold. And Absolutely. so, you know, the audience that's listening today um, you know, especially if you're younger, that's a key moment in my life when I surrendered what I wanted to do and just kind of gave it to God. Yes. And so I, I, in my early ministry, I probably tried to shake the whole teacher thing. Uh, as I mentioned last night here in the Bible college, you know, where I grew up, if they said, he's a teacher what they meant was he's really boring to listen to uh he's a terribly boring preacher yeah. and that, that i resented that a little bit mm -hmm. uh and i kind of tried to escape the label of teacher because all my friends going through bible college they were preachers yeah. and some of them got in ministry and they were pastors um 
I really tried to escape that label. Mm -hmm. I don't anymore. I'm just thrilled to be doing anything right. for the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I love teaching the word of God. Well, I'll tell you, in my you have reinvented, uh, in my opinion, what it means to be a teacher. Oh, yeah, hands right. down. Uh, no, that's very I, kind. Uh, and well, and what you've said has really edified me. I, my personal journey. You, you both know. I have. I do have my education yes, degree. Yes, Yeah. And uh, I spent some years uh, before full time pastoring here, uh, as a high school English teacher. Yeah. yeah. And there have been times where I have asked myself, Did I miss it? Like, mm -hmm. maybe I should have just not done the whole college thing, and maybe I should have just been full time ministry you know, from get go. And, um, there have been times where I've wondered, you know, are these student loans for nothing? Because I ultimately I spent three years teaching yep. before yeah. God yep. allowed me to move into full-time ministry. This is obviously my dream at, to, to, you know, follow God and, and to, uh, be employed, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere where I can, you know, I mean, this, this is amazing, Yeah, right. but I I've never yeah. been able to uh, in the past, I had never been able to shake this. Like, I still have this student debt, and I mm -hmm. and all this stuff. These years, uh, maybe I should have just gone full fledged into the ministry, you know, from get go. Yeah. But I can say, you know, my entire ministry now is Bible study teaching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I can't tell you how more effective I am as a teacher, just as a whole because I did go the university route Absolutely, and, yeah. you know, uh, and, and not to mention what the Lord has allowed for, uh, you know, writing Sunday school curriculum and yeah, all this type of right. stuff that yeah, I would not have had those tools. And so it, it was not, uh, it was not a waste, you yeah. know, so what you said really edified me. Yeah, what, uh, what subject would you have wanted to teach if oh, you, yeah, if you had gone into it? You know what? In grade uh, seven, it Hebrew. was uh, we called it social <laughs> studies. Uh -huh. it, so it right. was all about cultures and yeah, histories, yeah. and and I really loved that. I did uh, teach English when I taught later at our Bible college. Actually, oh, I yeah. did teach English. Um, taught some music way back in the day. Um, you know, I want to circle back around. First of all, I didn't really answer your question. I'll circle back around to that. But well, you've been answering a lot of the questions. Well, I, good. Is, oh, I'm glad. True. So, yeah, we so just look at each other like, oh my. Just scatter shooting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, the whole uh, brother Dusty, the whole uh, university thing, uh, because we've got a lot of listeners. Mm -hmm. Here, here's the bottom line, as far as I see it. Um, you know, in America, uh, in and in Canada, uh, probably secondarily. You know, we often visualize ministry as full-time job at a church. Right. That's a really small subset of the That's apostolic right. yeah, movement. Right. That's right. In fact, what we don't think about is mm. most of our pastors around the world are right. bivocational. Right. Yes. Uh, it's an American phenomenon, secondarily a Canadian phenomenon, where we have full-time paid by a church ministry. Yeah. That's not the case in most places in the world mm -hmm. in the apostolic movement. So the, the the bottom line is not everybody's gonna work at a church. If everybody works at a church, we're really in trouble because right. we yeah. can't, you can't give income to the church and get income from the church yeah. and everybody do it 100% or we don't have any money at the church. Yeah. So we need people that have university degrees and we need yes. people that are teachers and doctors and engineers and lawyers and, and everything else. We need that. 
and that's ministry too because you know whatever your hand finds to do do it with your might so yes. you know yes. so there's there's uh you know i thank god that you were a teacher for three years because mm -hmm. that gives you connections uh as i mentioned a moment ago when my dad died it it stunned me the number of people that came through with stories mm -hmm. of this is what your dad did for me your mm -hmm. dad helped me over and over again your dad helped me at a critical point in my life yeah. when I could have made a decision that would have ruined me mm -hmm. and your dad was the voice or yeah. your dad was yeah. that steady influence and dad was never a pastor was never in what we would call ministry but he had a ministry yes. and he he had a, a role in our church as well he helped with the finance department of our church but but his ministry in the public was spectacular he had been retired he died at the age of 83, he had been retired since his mid fifties. Wow. But people, he took early retirement, but people remembered his impact. Yeah. 30 years later, they came to his wow. funeral Man. and talked to us and said that. So, so I would say that to, you know, especially the younger listeners of this podcast is, you know, head for university. If God wants you somewhere else, yes. uh, he'll, he'll rearrange that. Yeah. Um, I, I maybe have, um, a funny idea about the will of God. Um, you know, to me, the will of God is like jumping off a diving board into a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. uh, you're in the vicinity, but then you swim around until you find your sweet sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. And and so I didn't set out to do this. So this circles back to your question, which I'll maybe finally answer. Uh, I didn't have a moment, Trey. Uh, I had that conversation when it directed me to Bible college. And then uh, a couple of years into Bible college, uh, I, I went back to my home church uh, between year one and year two. Between year two and year three, I had two or three opportunities, prayed about it, felt uh, directed to this particular church. And so I went and assisted. And then that guy actually came to Fredericton when I started my third year in that same month, September, he took the pastorate of what is now CCC. And I assisted him there for eight years. And so, um, you know, some people say, well, I've got to have this, um, you know, direct word from God. And sometimes that, that happens, no doubt. Mm -hmm. With me, it often works uh, in reverse to that. Uh, I will say, you know, I feel like God gave each of us a brain. He gave each of us common sense. Yeah. And furthermore, uh, I'm like you guys. I would check every decision with elders, uh, mentors, counselors, the word of God, prayer, I check every decision that, that way, but I often end up making decisions like this. Uh, God, I've looked at all the factors. I can't get clear between option one and option two. So as much as I'm feeling around and got counsel, it looks like option one. So God, if option two is the thing I'm supposed to do, block me. Yeah, on option right. one wow. and i yes. prayed that so many times yes. in fact every major ministry decision in my life has happened that way <laughs> wow. uh going to saint john new brunswick to assist happened that way coming back to fredericton to take the church happened that way god here's what i feel but i'm not insisting on this if you don't like this i'm not just willing for you to block me i'm asking you to bless <laughs> yes. me and so a lot of times that's how I've sorted out the will of God in my life. So there's wow. been many times. And, and uh, so that conversation with the Lord just before going off to Bible school, the conversation about assisting um, and, and coming, to Fred, coming back to Fredericton, 
uh, that was pretty much all Murdy made. I was coming back to Bible school. Mm. Uh, but to go assist, uh, to, to work at the Bible school, to come back to Fredericton, all of those were moments that fed into what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, I, I, my life wasn't on autopilot, but it was like um, I just walked through the doors that God opened. Right. Yes. Uh, tried not to kick down any doors. I see some people trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't try to kick down any doors, but I tried to walk through doors God had opened, and that's how... Amen. Uh, I got to wherever I am is yeah. is just walking through those doors. So there's been many moments, not just one moment where I point back and say, that's the moment I was called to preach. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I heard one guy preach a sermon years ago, and he, he'd been so effective in his ministry, led a Bible college, a, a fairly big one, uh, not in our fellowship, but, but in the Pentecostal movement. Uh, and I heard him say, I suppose when I get to heaven, God will forgive me for working all these years for him without a call. And and basically Whoa. what he was saying is I didn't have that <laughs> yeah. road to on to, uh, the road right. to Damascus right. moment. Yeah. I I just just opened doors and right. I walked through. Wow. Well, I want to put in a couple things. First of all, uh if you have not listened to recent or past episodes, uh brother Woodward just confirmed an episode that we also have our guest with us, That's right. Reverend Dusty Young, <laughs> wow, on yes, pursuing sir. the will of God, because he talked about closed doors. Yes, are awesome. We must celebrate and embrace that God loves us enough to close doors yes. in our life. That's so good. And yeah. direction yeah. can come from closed doors yes. just as much, or even better, sometimes than open doors. Yeah. I believe that's part one of that series. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, after you listen to this episode, go back <laughs> and listen yeah. to Pursuing the Will of God. Uh, second thing, Brother Woodward, you brought up, and I know I'm circling back, but I think it's very vital for our young ministers is mm -hmm. the bivocational yes. side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I read a, uh, a statistic, I think it was Pew uh, mm -hmm. Research did, that was about in the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, about 83% of their ministers are bivocational. Wow. And uh, a high majority. And um, I know Trey and I have discussed it, Brother Young, and I've discussed this this question that we've all asked, like, well, what do you want to do? And you always hear the same, well, I right. want to go into full-time ministry. Right. Mm -hmm. And if, like you said, a majority of our, uh, even, I, I want to know what the statistic in the apostolic movement is specifically i don't know that'd be something really cool to research yep um but when you go back into the in the bible um paul's ministry he studied under gamaliel yes he had the education yeah. um he considered him you know he was a jew of all you know of jews but still he was a tent maker yes sir and when right. he went to corinth it said that he went he met with Pris, uh, aquila and priscilla who were mm -hmm. also in the same trade exactly and they would go into the marketplace of corinth make right. tents but go on the weekend you know the weekend Sundays yeah. the Sabbath yeah. and he would debate so um, I think for our listeners uh, what Brother Woodward has brought up to us is very vital and uh, thank you so much you really you have answered all of our questions like it is it's funny That's to awesome. say That's like great. we would look at each other and we're like oh all right well what's the next yeah. question we can ask so um, you, you let a guy ramble long enough he'll get to something <laughs> hey there you go have you all seen what brother gleason has written in his is the title follow to lead yeah yeah that's yes. a great book um he he 
examines that great commission, mm-hmm. you know, go and make disciples. But it, right. he says, if you take a closer look at that, it actually says, as you go, as yes, make as you disciples. Go. So yes. it's like whatever you are currently doing, yeah. make disciples while you're doing it. Yeah. You yes. know, exactly. so whatever career you have, whether it be full time in the ministry mm-hmm. uh, or whether it be bi vocational. It is every opportunity as the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Every yeah. every person that God allows me to come in contact with uh, is an opportunity for me to make a disciple. Yeah. And sometimes we underestimate the value of of that uh, bivocational minister because they'll be able to, you know, Paul would use that tent making to have exactly. uh, moments in the marketplace, yeah. you know, to yeah. minister. But, but then you contrast that with Peter who, you know, like, whenever he backslid, he went back to fishing, you know, it's like, and I don't see in the, in the, the early church that Peter ever went back again to yeah. fishing full time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he became a fisher of men yeah. Right. Yeah. yet again, just like you said earlier, God didn't necessarily cause him to completely throw away his dreams, exactly. yeah. but he allowed him to uh, repurpose his dream to say, you want to fish. Let me show you how to fish for men. Yeah, you know, uh, that's one thing that uh, and I, Brother Young I know for sure gets this a lot uh, but one thing that's kind of unique about how we have things here in Wichita is that Bishop has hired five full-time pastors on staff mm-hmm. and so anywhere you go they, they ask well what do, what do you do mm-hmm. he says yeah. well we're full-time on staff at the church and it's the eyes just right. you know get yeah. real big and they yeah. say what well, you, you know you you're, you get to be full-time mm-hmm. on staff. You get to do church work 100% of the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know for a lot of the young guys here, um, they, I've experienced it with a lot of friends across our movement, is that they get very frustrated mm-hmm. when, they, when they're when they not full-time in the ministry, per se, mm-hmm. and they have to work a, a, another job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they fall into this pit of they feel as if they're not in the will of God right. because yeah. they're it's not it. full-time ministry. Right. Or they yeah. feel like they're wasting their time. Right, yeah. yeah. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Exactly right. Wow. They, what, some people get destination disease, you know. <laughs> when I get there, then right. I can work for God. Right. If I get that position, mm-hmm. I can work for God. If they hire me full-time, I get a church office, they give me a church key, My I can goodness. work for God. Mm-hmm. No, you've just got destination disease. Yeah. Wow. Destination you know, the, the, the greatest example of this, guys, to me, is Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Joseph yeah. has the greatest, grandest, far most far-reaching wow. dreams of anybody in the Bible up Her. to that yeah. point. Right. Uh, you know, and he he actually dreams that his brothers, the forefathers of the tribes of Israel, are going to bow down to him. We all know that story. Right. Uh, and and the Bible gives a lot of real estate to Joseph's story in the book of Genesis. So that doesn't happen. Joseph's brothers throw him in a pit, and he seems to be going in reverse. He's further away from his country, his family, his future, his legacy. Everything's gone. And he goes into a prison in Egypt. And while he's in the prison, um, the Bible makes mention that the jail had never been better run uh, than when Joseph was there. He's in Potiphar's house for a while. We know that story. Um, And of course he ends up being falsely accused. But while he's in Potiphar's house, the Bible makes mention that um, Potiphar um, didn't even have to think about anything except what he put in his mouth, right. what he ate, because Joseph ran the household his so house well. Was blessed, yeah. um, 
Joseph uh, interprets the dreams of Pharaoh's servants. And of course, right. one dies, but the other's exalted again. And then Joseph spends um, basically 14 years of his life after he does get out of prison, uh, administering the dreams of Pharaoh. Right. Uh, you know, the seven years of plenty, then the seven years of famine. And and him interpreting Pharaoh's dreams and then administrating those dreams, uh, that actually ends up being the salvation not only of his family, mm -hmm. but of the whole world. Yeah. And you've got to imagine the emotion in Joseph where the day that his brothers come in to that Egyptian palace and they all hit the ground. They don't recognize him. He knows exactly who they are and they all bow before him. You don't, you want to believe that that dream of oh, all yeah. those sheaves of wheat came yeah, rushing Jesus. back to his mind. Right. But here's the thing. Joseph spent the majority of his young life administrating other people's dreams. Right. The jailer's dreams, Potiphar's dreams, the butler's dreams, Pharaoh's dreams. But while he was working to make other people's dreams come true, mm. while he was contributing to other people's vision, God was actually making his dream come true. My, wow. And that's true for every young person that has a heart to work for God. Yeah. If you're just helping your pastor and your local church achieve the vision that God's given that pastor, yeah. God's going to make your dream come true. It Amen. may not be yeah. in the form that you've anticipated, but I can promise you it'll be a better form. Amen. So you just jump in, Amen. get your get your feet wet, get your hands busy, yes. and help administrate the dream. Amen. That's, that's, when you look at when you look at Joseph and the journey that he goes on, how many people did he come in contact to contact with that he wouldn't have? Yeah. And God didn't take him that route. Yeah. You know when he thinks oh, yeah. he's the second most powerful man in yep. Egypt. Yeah. All, all he's going through pain. He's going through distress. But the entire time, God is putting him in contact yes. with people of influence. Do you, uh, do you know Brother Wayne Nealon? Uh, I know that Louisiana. name. I don't know him well. He, um, yep. he preached a message on Joseph, and he said that what God showed him in that was what seems like a detour is actually the direct, the direct route. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you would say route. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, don't make fun sorry, of the Canadian. Sorry. Hey, oh, come on, sorry. A. Come on, A. Sorry. sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because in America we say sorry, right. which is address in India. So you guys go right ahead, <laughs> mispronounce that, and I'm going to say it right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I I think that a good stinger to put on that, you know, is just whatever. Your pastor's dream is not a waste of your time. Yes. Isn't that great? Ooh, yeah. Yes. You know, wow. it, it's going to bring you to the place that you need to go, and you can't, you can't bypass that to yeah, get where exactly. you're supposed to go. Well, I'm going to lead into our next portion into this perfect uh, segue is in Proverbs, there's multiple times that uh, Solomon would speak on the wise counsel, right? Mm -hmm. Where uh, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but yes. in the multitude of counselors, there is mm -hmm. safety. Yes. Um, was there a moment in your, when you got the call, you knew that, well, in the, yeah, in, the, whole, in, the, in the, the calls, the calls yeah. Yeah. Um, that you had a mentor in your life or somebody that took you under your wing or, or, what Paul, or what Solomon would say, a wise counsel. Mm -hmm. How was that journey to get from the call mm -hmm. the calls to where you're at now? Mm -hmm. um, that's a great question. Uh, for me, um, you know, I, I think part of who I am today is that my early uh, ministry 
was probably marked by uh, an absence of those voices, an absence of mentors. Yeah. Uh, my great uncle Leonard that I mentioned, he passed away when I was in high school. Um, you know, my parents served God very faithfully, so I always had them. But, um, you know, I had two pastors, including one that was my pastor during my teenage years, one that I actually assisted um, years ago. They both walked away from the apostolic faith. Uh, one of them's gone now. Uh, the other's still still living, but but he's gone a totally different direction. Uh, you know, self-declared he's going a different direction. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, really, I lost those voices. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I, I don't think my story is all that unique. I the The voices that I was mentored by, they probably didn't realize they were my mentors. Mm. <laughs> One of my mentors was uh, Allison Post. Uh, Brother Post was a missionary in Ceylon before it became Sri Lanka. Uh, his family, he was a pioneer preacher in our area. His daughter, uh, Linda Gleason, is now our uh, ladies president for the UPCI. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but Brother Post taught me in Bible college. Uh, he wouldn't have had any idea. In fact, if you'd have asked him, he wouldn't have thought he was a mentor to anybody. But he was a mentor to me because he was self-educated. Uh, he didn't have a lot of public schooling, uh, but he was brilliant, and he could teach the Word of God, and I've still got his, uh, a copy of his typewritten notes on Leviticus, you know, from Bible college, wow. and, and, you know, that would be pecking it out with two fingers on the typewriter, <laughs> and a manual typewriter, which nobody knows what it, that is anymore. What's a typewriter? No, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so the whole deal was, he was a mentor. Um, and, and different people across the years uh, were mentors. The church I grew up in was an independent church and we went back and forth. Some years we were part of the UPCI, some years we weren't. It was just, it was like we were the schizophrenic church. Um, <laughs> and that was because the pastor couldn't make up his mind which direction he was going. Yeah. And eventually, unfortunately, he went the wrong direction. Uh, so I really didn't have any connections uh, in the UPCI very much. Um, and and uh, I didn't really get associated with the UPCI until I went to Bible college. Mm. And, you know, and even then, like, it's ironic, you know, that was one of the things that I went through in my first year of Bible school was I was kind of uh, persecuted a little bit because I was the independent church kid. Uh, you know, I was the worldly guy and whatever. And, and it's funny over the years because some of those same people, I've just stood still. I still believe what I believe when I was a teenager. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the guys that thought I was like really liberal and worldly and whatever, they've gone like cuckoo. And I'm just still standing here, you know. Um, but But across the years, there's been many people that I have sought counsel for and I and so the reason I mention all of that is because uh, there are probably some young people listening to this podcast and just because you can't point to one person and you say that's my mentor or that's my model or that's whatever uh, that doesn't mean you can't learn from a whole lot of people right. and I think it's really important yeah, that right. we do and and for anybody listening and you want mentors here's what I would tell you is is don't stalk them uh, don't, don't, don't hassle them, uh, when it's natural, um, have a conversation when it's natural, reach out to them. Uh, you know, the, the apostolic movement 
is not like the world. This isn't Hollywood. So I love some of the preachers. Uh, your bishop is one of them. He preaches at camp meetings all over the apostolic movement. But he's not a celebrity. Uh, he, he's not a, a Hollywood movie star called a preacher. Um, I, I've been mentored by, by Bishop. I thank God for his voice. Yeah. Uh, his voice is, uh, how would I say it? It's a very <laughs> strident kind of a voice. Like, you know, it's like teach Bible studies or you're going to go to hell. Uh, it's just like he's, am he's amazing. He's awesome. And we believe and, it. And, yeah, and you guys believe it. And, and so, so the, the deal is... Um, you know, mentors come from all over. Don't feel like you have to have this big close relationship and right. you have to have their cell phone number and you have to have whatever. You can be mentored by people that are really at a distance. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the way it's been with me. Now, in later years, it's funny because some of the people that I would have been scared to talk to, right. uh, literally scared, like mm -hmm. quaking in my boots scared, uh, 20 years ago are now friends. I've preached camp meetings with them and stuff, and that's a great privilege. Yes. But here's the thing, guys. You know, I'm 60 years old. I turned 60 in June uh, a couple months ago from where we're recording this, and and uh, I still feel like I'm 20 years old. I I don't look like I'm 20. Uh, I, I don't ache like I'm 20. Uh, I ache different now. Um, but But these guys are still my heroes they're still yes my 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 uh i don't know how to say this right my idealism about the apostolic movement i've seen a lot of stuff Amen. i've sat on the executive board of our fellowship for probably 15 years dealt with a lot of problems know a lot of issues and problems and preachers and tensions and fights and wars and all that junk right uh, that has not tarnished my idealism about the apostolic movement. Amen. This is this is wonderful. Amen. This is the greatest thing in the world Amen. that Amen. we get to be part of and that we get to do. Yes. Um, yes. And so, so those men, those people, uh, are still like way up here, yes. and they're still mentoring me. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are so kind. You know, they say very kind things. Um, you know, you guys have already got this, and you've got Bishop in your life, so he wouldn't let you do this. Uh, but for anybody else that might be listening, don't believe your own advertising. You are not the God's greatest gift to the apostolic right. movement. You're not the, the right. great giant man of God. You're, right. you're not right. like the, the, the be all and end all and the premier right. voice. And right. like, like, oh, come on, just stop. Don't right. believe that stuff. Right. Um, you're a servant. That's the yes. only job Amen. description Amen. in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Wow. And if, if you don't mind me asking, because I think we can all bond over, or I think we can all relate to a moment where we thought someone was a mentor and then they've gone yeah. like completely yeah. opposite direction. Yes. Did yeah. that ever affect you mentally when it came to trying to get close again to a man of God? Or was there ever a time you had to overcome that fear of them leaving you again type of... Uh, That's a great question, Trey. Um, it never, I will say this, it never affected me because, again, I didn't just have like one mentoring voice in my life. So I yeah. just thought, you messed up, buddy, and I just went and got somebody else. <laughs> right. But but I will say this, you know, uh, I assisted at the church that is now CCC. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that was my first job in ministry. Mm. I got fired from that job. Really? Uh, because behind wow. the scenes where nobody knew, nobody could see, 
I was going a different direction doctrinally than the pastor. He was already starting to waver and flounder and head a different direction. Mm -hmm. So in private, I never opposed him publicly. And I would say to any young person, that's not how you handle something like <laughs> yes. that. Uh, you go pray. Uh, yeah. you, you don't raise your fist or your hand or your right. voice against a, a pastor. Uh, you, you go pray and let God deal with that. Yes. Uh, and that's what I did. But yeah, I got fired from my first job in ministry. We were the largest church in the district. Um, it, it, it was a, it was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, but I, I never wavered in my commitment to God, uh, or, you know, never struggled to get close to other people. I just thought, wow, he made a real bad decision. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was the second pastor in my life. Uh, the first one I'd worked, the, he was the first one I'd worked for, but it was a second pastor in my life that went a different direction doctrinally. And uh, so, so yeah, I've, I've felt that. Uh, it's a very difficult time. It was tough to watch my family go through that at mm -hmm. that church. Yeah. Uh, but um, you just go and you lock yourself into uh, somebody else. Because here's the thing, guys. It's the scripture that's important. It's right. the message that's right. important. Right. Uh, it's not a particular man. And that's why we've got to refuse this idea of a celebrity culture. Yes, because nothing yes, can hurt a church worse than when somebody that they've exalted to the heavens oh, mm -hmm. fails. Oh, right. And yes. then everybody's shell-shocked. People give up on God and whatever. Right. So we need to do a good job at saying... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not about me and my ministry and my, I, I don't like saying my ministry and right. my gifting and my church and right. like, come on. No, right. it's not that. Wow. It belongs that, to God. That was one thing that I don't mean to. Uh, no, you're good. But, I've done most of the talking here. That was one thing that when we just got back from a crusade with brother Robin, that yes. and the one thing that he made sure uh, he emphasizes every day is that this is never my anointing. This is never yes, uh, my crusade, my team, my revival. Uh, when you post things on, on social media, you will not even use the word I or it's it's we. Yes. It's we. always we. It's we. always a unit. Yep. It's always we're always better together. You know? Yes, mm -hmm. wow. that's so good. And, and he and that's a real deal breaker for him yes and I thank God for that right yeah mm -hmm. God uses him powerfully yes. precisely because of that kind of submission and humility right right so we're gonna jump to another segment um, this is gonna be I, we call it our miscellaneous questions <laughs> because we didn't know how to put this in there and you've really have answered every question which that's been great that's awesome um, and so Maybe some, maybe you know, our listeners see you as a Bible teacher, and this was news to me. I even asked you on Wednesday night about this because, uh, brother, brother Young and I said there's rumors among <laughs> brother Raymond Woodward and who he is. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, he's a closet axe murderer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the lizard people, the lizard yeah. people, <laughs> conspiracies everywhere. Now. Yeah, um, probably some people may not know you as well or probably didn't even know is that you were a music minister uh and, <laughs> and yeah um a, a music director so um elaborate with us <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i uh, started ministry um uh in in my uh my first uh role especially uh both at the Bible college and in church, 
so for, for sure the first decade, uh, that was my, my job was, uh, you know, I played keyboard for service, led in the choir, whatever it was, praise team. Uh, we didn't call it praise team back then. That hadn't come into vogue yet. Uh, it, was, it was choir, whatever it was. Um, so, so, yeah, I did that. Um, my brother, um, uh, he passed away a, a little more than a year ago. He uh, was extremely musical, like recording studios and yeah. playing for people and, and doing uh, recordings for so many different people in the apostolic movement. And uh, so, so that kind of ran in our family. Yeah. Mom and dad were both musical. I wouldn't say they were both really great, but they mm-hmm. were both musical. They made sure all three of their kids, uh, me and my brother and, and my sister, uh, we all had music uh, lessons. So, uh, so yeah, that that's where I started. So that's the first ten years, probably in rough numbers. The next ten years was probably the struggle years because I was still doing music, but really feeling like the pull out of it and that was a struggle because it's like you've got to get other people to to do that role and make sure it's covered and so those years were a little bit of a struggle and um and and so finally that that kind of went by the boards and i didn't do that anymore uh and then uh went to uh came back to my hometown of fredericton uh, as senior pastor of CCC in 2001, uh, Pastor Jack Lehman, who's now the lead pastor, he came in 2002, and we we knew <laughs> we knew that we had really transitioned when one night, one Wednesday night years ago, the stars aligned and everybody was out. People were out sick. People were away. People didn't show up. People didn't call in. And we, we go to a Bible study service and there's no music that night, like wow. no keyboard player yeah. at least. And Jack and I are like, Kathy, his wife, she plays, but she was out of town. Uh, so we're like literally running around just before service, <laughs> scrambling, saying, what are we gonna do? We got no keyboard player, no keyboard player. And, and so finally we just said, well, we'll just do church without the keyboard. It didn't even dawn on either one of us. I could have played the keyboard. Uh, it never even, and, and, and as honest as I'm sitting here, it never occurred to me. Wow. And and so I really haven't touched a keyboard for years now. Like literally touched. I uh, so at home, if we if they wanted to sing one of those like precious old hymns, yeah. uh, you know, they could put me in my wheelchair and wheel me out with my <laughs> oxygen tanks strapped oh on and put my arthritic hands on the keys and yeah. I could probably beat an, an old song on the keyboard of it but but it's just you know it's a, it was a season yes. and uh, and and it was it was a good season uh, no problem there but I I look back now and I laugh because I couldn't play any of the songs we sing now yeah. like uh, the chord structures are all different and mm-hmm. I, I listen to the music team and some of the the chords and the harmonies and I think oh my goodness like we had it easy back then yeah. <laughs> wow wow well okay next well, well go ahead yeah yeah <clears throat> now this is another rumor oh yeah yeah rumor oh great oh and yes. I, and I rumor, just, just the rumor mill found out about this rumor until like a couple of seconds ago yeah 30 minutes ago maybe however long you've been but someone in here JC really young said that you had perfect pitch is that is that is true that or is that uh I, I have no idea. <laughs> well, I heard it from I heard it from someone in Louisiana. They said, "You know, you know Woodward, what? That's Joan Ewing, is they, what that is. That's that's Sister Ewing. Uh, 
uh, I was somewhere in, I don't think it was like, you know what, it might have been Lake Charles mm -hmm. at, at one of Brother Mark Morgan's store conferences. Anyway, I was just getting up to preach and I just started a song, mm -hmm. an old song and just sang through. And Sister Ewing came up to me. I remember that now. She came up to me after she said, Brother Woodward, you have perfect pitch. Well, you know what? Probably the stars aligned and, yeah. uh, that night. But that started with Joan Ewing. If Sister Ewing said it, it's the truth. It's yeah, gospel. Yeah, it's yeah. The truth. She was a sweet lady. I loved wow. her. Wow. You learn something new every day. I, well, I didn't know you could sing until last night. Hey, or, yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday night. When you started on the garden, I was like, oh. I love that song, and one of our young Man. ministers like looked at us and I've never heard that song before in my life. Oh yeah, and what I was a, like, "What a perfect fit that? for that message!" Yeah. Oh yes, it was well, like that even, song was specifically written, written for, for that, that message. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. even better is there are some preachers that can't sing that try to <laughs> try sing. Oh, yeah, that's and, awful. Yeah, and and just kills the spirit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you started singing. Kills I was thinking, spirit. okay, brother, yeah. he's got it. Go okay, here we go. Yeah. I love that phrase, yeah. "kills the spirit," <laughs> as if as if the spirit is like, well, I was gonna move, yeah. but he's not really a good singer. <laughs> that that phrase just. Oh, yeah. gets well, me. you know what? Here's the deal. You know, the Holy Ghost. Uh, can move despite anything. Yes. yes. But I think even the Holy Ghost probably doesn't enjoy some people singing. <laughs> but anyway. Wow. The Holy Neither Ghost here says, nor there. The Holy Ghost says he's a teacher. Yeah, he's a teacher. <laughs> bless his heart. Don't sing. Yeah, yeah. Don't, Don't sing. sing. The Holy Ghost says bless his heart. Yeah. yeah. Te te teach. Well, actually, that's the opposite of some story that one of the old elder preachers in our, our movement way back in my area uh, years ago, he used to tell he'd tell the story about this guy that married this beautiful, beautiful, uh, or no, she wasn't beautiful. She was she was ugly, but she had a beautiful voice, and he married her because she could sing. Wow. And so they they went on their honeymoon. The story goes, and and so that night she takes out her false teeth and oh she takes off goodness. her hearing aids and she takes out her glass eye oh and she, she straps off her, her wooden leg. <laughs> he looks at her and he said, sing, honey, sing. That's all you got going for you. So there are better oh things than just singing, please. I suppose. Wow. Another question leading into the Love just reve the revealing of, oh, of ministry. Uh, did you ever have a sermon blunder that you have in the back of your mind that you like, like an embarrassing moment when you went up to preach? Sermon blunder. Blunder, yes. Okay, I was like, what is a sermon blunder? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought that was a new technique. For yeah, this. I was sermon like, blend. I don't know. That. Oh, blunder. Blunder, yeah. everybody does. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good with... Um, I'm pretty good with with uh, words, yeah. And furthermore, I'm a notes preacher, so I've always got something in front of me. So I don't really stumble over words a lot. I find that preachers that don't actually use notes a lot sometimes they can stumble. Uh, but but the greatest thing I have going for me is if I do mess up, I just keep going. I don't react <laughs> to it. Mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Jack is not that way at all. If he messes up, he just stops and typically goes. <laughs> You know, and, and so then everybody laughs, you know, um, and, and I just tell him, don't do that. But I think he secretly enjoys it. Um, but, uh, you know, one, I, the, the worst thing that I can remember, and I'm sure there's been far worse things, but, but the worst thing that I can remember, um, 
is I preached a message at church. And of course, with traveling, sometimes like I was getting home like late on Saturday night and, and you know, having to preach Sunday morning. And, mm. and so I like to do my own media. That's just, mm. it's relaxing for me. It, it, because I've got a little creative side to me and I like doing my own media. So, um, and then I know what it is and I know how it's going to work. I'm not a big fan of jumping up to preach. And then you find out that the slide behind you has like bats on it or something, you know? So, right. so I just, I do my own media. Um, or a grammatical error right behind you. Well, head. and that's where this story's going actually. So I'm tired. I'm jet lagged. I've been flying all day and I get home really late and it's the middle of the night and I'm, I'm, I'm I know where I'm going, but I'm putting my media together mm-hmm. and I preached on. <laughs> the anointing destroys the yoke. Well, scripturally, that's Y O K E, like oxen yoke. But I put Y O L K, like egg yoke. And it's it's you know our screen is bigger now than it was then. But even back then, it was like you know twenty feet high and like so there's big words behind me the anointing destroys the yoke i preached the whole thing we had a blowout service that morning people are praying and crying and talking in tongues and it was just an amazing powerful powerful service and so we get in the altar and i'm just doing what i normally do you know i've prayed for some people but i'm kind of walking back and forth across the platform and i've got my microphone in my hand and the screen is behind me they still got my titles light on and i'm walking back and forth and i'm crying we're praying it's powerful and i turn around and for the first time i catch out of the corner of my eye a glimpse of the slide that has been up there for 35 or 40 minutes and i think oh my lord that's misspelled so you know my sister who's an educator she said, I was waiting the whole sermon. I said, she said, I knew you must have something creative that, that you're going <laughs> to talk about eggs found or in the Greek. Yeah, yeah. something I found in the Greek or like an egg is a, you know, the birth. Or she said, I didn't know what you, where you're going. She's waiting for Jesus to crack an egg. Yeah, it's like something. Like, so finally at the, the very end of service. He'll scramble your enemies. Yeah, he'll scramble your enemies, send them back. And he'll, 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 he'll flip it over, you know. Like, Jesus is the sunny side over. Oh, okay, let's not do that anymore. Because this is, this is awful. So anyway. Oh, at the very end of service, I waited till we were done praying. I'm not going to interrupt prayer for this foolishness. But at, when we were very, at the very end, I said, literally, this is even scarier to me. I said. Anybody notice anything about the message title this morning? This is the very end of service. Yeah. And I'm kind of smiling. Ten hands. It's oh, like oh, no. most of them can't spell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the people that li- did lift their hand, they were roaring laughing. Oh, and so goodness. I explained it and we laughed. So here's, here's your generation mm-hmm. that saves the bacon of old guys like me. Our media guy, um, he took that video which is now on our archives. And I don't know how he did it. He masked out LK and put KE. And so it looks fine. It looks great. Now, every once in a while, I will say, if you watch that video really close, I lose my right hand when I move it fast (laughs) in front of that piece where he masked. And every once in a while, it'll cut to the balcony camera. And when it cuts to that, it was too far away to fix. So the the spelling on the title slide, if you look at the balcony shot, it goes back to LK. But other than that, 
You heard it here. Wow. 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 Well, that gives us another uh, input. Go check out uh, their YouTube <laughs> yeah, channel. What was the title? Was it? Uh, it, was called, uh, <laughs> you know, it was called. It was called. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll put we'll put y'all's uh, YouTube channel on our uh, show notes, and y'all have cool. y'all have eighty thousand subscribers. I don't know if you yeah that. something like that. Yeah. And um, uh, uh-huh. as well, y'all's uh, just to throw out some trivial uh, things. Uh, y'all's top. A YouTube video is Sister uh, Vanny Marshall's yes. testimony, and the mm. second one under that, which is I think about thirty thousand uh, views away from a million, is your uh, sermon series on the end. Yes, on uh, oh, the book wow. of Revelation, which yeah, people are really interested. Oh my! In that, and we've had mm-hmm. we've had uh, Trey told me that one of our friends asked if you're going to be teaching on Revelation uh, tonight or tomorrow, and you know. You just have to tune in and see. There you go. So, the Bible college and find out. Yes, yep. that's right. That's right. Uh, there are three just, um, and I think we're probably getting ready to wrap up yes. the sure. podcast. But I want to throw out like maybe like three speed questions sure. for you. Yes. Uh, the first one is Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Oh, no question. Tim Hortons. <laughs> and that's because I live in Fredericton. There right. are two Starbucks, one freestanding and one in, I think the one in the bookstore survived COVID. I don't, I don't know. I don't go wow. there much. Uh, we So two Starbucks in our little town. Uh, 26 Tim Hortons. So, so they yeah. are no yeah. majority. Mm-hmm. I've never um, heard of Tim Hortons until listening to y'all's uh, messages. Mm-hmm. You're, wel- time. you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> and then what are your top three favorite preachers but not in any particular order. He had three preachers that you had to listen to the rest of your life. What are the three preachers, not in any particular order, that you'd listen to? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, Pastor, Brother Mangan. Um, I, I love Harold Hoffman oh, uh, yeah. because he's really kind of funny, creative, the whole deal. Um, oh, goodness. There's so many. Um, and for different reasons. But here's here's what I'll say. Instead of giving you a, th- a third one, because I can't, I, I there's like ten names right now, and I don't <laughs> want to pick one. Uh, somebody that's going to teach me something, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's not just because I'm a teacher, but I think in this generation, people want to learn something of the Word of God. And I would say to all these young preachers that you know we've talked all around you today. Uh, if you're listening, uh, young people that want to be involved in ministry, um, it's not about hype. It's not about screaming and yelling right. and hollering. It's about preach the word of God, teach Amen. the word of God. Amen. And so I love somebody that's going to tell me something. Amen. Amen. You have a third question? And then the third one was, if you could look back at all your archived yes. um, series of messages that you've preached, what is what is the one series that you've preached personally that has ministered to you yes. as the messenger of that message? Oh, again, guys, like uh, you're Pick talking one. to the guy. I can't. Here's the deal. You're talking to the guy yeah. that has a different favorite scripture every week. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, so I, I can't. Uh, wow. Recently, uh, the message that we, uh, we did here Wednesday night, oh, uh, recently, oh uh, Cinderella, which is about Song of Solomon, right. yeah. because yes. the coming of the Lord. And, you need to attach and, and that to the whatever. It, it just, that, that, that helps me. It just, right. uh, and Beverly, my, my sweet bride she was listening Wednesday night and she sent me this beautiful text like she cries and prays every time she hears that and wow. it's just like that that's just you know but but it's a different series and a right. different message every yeah. week so yeah. wow uh two more things uh to add on uh to our 
uh, rapid fire questions. Yeah. Uh, the word teacher. Mm-hmm. How would you? What would you be your definition in one sentence? Uh, preaching is the anointed declaration of truth. Teaching is the anointed explanation of truth. Amen. Two sides of the same coin. They're not all that different. And it's my conviction that we need more teaching in our preaching mm-hmm. and more preaching in our teaching. Ooh, hey, wow. Man. Man. Amen. That was a fire, yes. fire sentence. Amen. Uh, last thing is, uh, last segment is we do a, uh, we're starting off this letters to Timothy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what we understand in First Timothy, Second Timothy was uh, Paul's if instruction to Paul or to Timothy what to yes. do, and the second one was Paul's affirmation of his ministry of who he yep. was. And so, what would you, if you could write a letter to a young minister to a Timothy in your life, what would you say? That's a great question. Uh, one third of the New Testament was written either by Paul and Timothy; he was with him, mm-hmm. or by Paul to Timothy one third of the New Testament. So Paul mentored that next generation. He, he loved yes. that. And I love that. I believe in, in you guys, your generation. I would say uh, to any young person, any young minister, any young pastor listening is in your early years, work on your personal disciplines, yes. not your preaching style, not your leadership style, not all of that. Work on that too. You've got bandwidth to work on everything simultaneously. Yes. You do that in every other part of your life. Right. Um, so it's not that you ignore those things, but the core is, you know, God's gonna, uh, God's watch, may, way more interested in what he's making in you, what he's doing in you than what he's doing through you. Yeah. So work on your personal disciplines, your your personal uh, devotions, your your personal mm-hmm. Bible study disciplines. Yes. Work on you yeah. and let God work on ministry. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, I think that's going to wrap up today's, yeah. um, today's podcast, Brother Woodward. Thank you so much. What so an honor much. to sit down with you guys, Amen. and to be with my friend, brother Dusty. So Absolutely. I love it. When you're talking, when you were talking earlier about how you know 20 years ago or however long ago, you look at these great men of God in the faith, and you'd be, you know, trembling in your boots just oh, to big be in conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the moment that you know we're having today. With oh my, wow. we're, my goodness! You know, yes. on the podcast, um, we're we're thankful for for men like you and yes, for sir. men like Bishop and Amen. Uh, Absolutely, just these great elders that have really really taken on the younger generation mm-hmm. knowing um, it, it's just it's an honor yes it and is. so we thank you from thank the bottom you. of our heart we honor your ministry thank you that's very kind wow. I appreciate it but we, we end the show off with three very special words but before we do that make sure you check us out on social all of our socials on Instagram Facebook at the steadfast Devo uh, you know go on Apple Podcasts uh, uh, give us a rate and review, and we'll possibly bring up one of the reviews on the next episode. Right. And make sure you keep an eye out on the show notes. Yes. There's going to be Cinderella is going to be down there. Yes. I'll link to CCC's YouTube channel. And Fit for the Kingdom in the Search for Truth. Yeah. Yes. With our very own brother, Dusty. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Steadfast Devotion Podcast. Yes. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Yes, been We've pleasure. got three words to end off with you. You have purpose. See you guys. God bless y'all.